Welcome to a Civil Politics Supplemental. Uh, we're continuing our discussion with uh, Chief Jody Casper of the Northampton Police Department because we had a few more questions, and I guess she's kind enough to indulge us. <laughs> I've got answers. <laughs> <clears throat> so, uh, Stefan, you, just as we were ending our regular show, you asked a really good question about, like, how policing has changed, and mm. we had 45 seconds. So now that we have a bit more time, <laughs> would you like to expand on your answer? I would. <laughs> Um, I, being, being in policing for 20 years, it's, it's kind of incredible to think about how much has changed. And, and what we ask our officers to do today compared to what I had to do 20 years ago when I was new. Back is in the late 90s. It, it, back in the day. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. It was 90, 97 or 8 or 97. Yeah. 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 Um, so it, it's entirely different. Um, mm -hmm. Things were illegal then. They weren't illegal now. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like needles and marijuana, those things have changed. Mm -hmm. um, other, you know, other legal matters have changed. But what's changed most notably is this requirement. And, and, and I think um, the important focus on de-escalation, being able to, to properly deal with people who have mental health issues, and the real recognition of, you know, we can't arrest our way out of so many problems. And I think talking about the opioid crisis, certainly mm. you've heard that term of like, mm -hmm. you can't arrest your way out of the opioid. It's absolutely true. You, you can't. Mm -hmm. And I think now, you know, later on, I think of all the people I ever arrested for possession of X, you know, ABC, whatever. Mm -hmm. um, and I mean, I don't, I, can't, I feel kind of bad, you know, yeah. like, because I see that I, I, that doing that doesn't solve the problem at all. Yeah. And we have a much more dynamic approach now where we work really on the front end of a lot of issues. You know, I work with Hampshire Hope. We have some fantastic officers who are DART officers. Uh, that's drug addiction response team. After someone is overdosed, they go to their house and are like, hey, buddy, like, um, you're not in any trouble. I, I need to get you some help. Like, they talk to them all about resources. They've driven them to the hospital. Like, that did not happen 20 years ago. You know, the way that we're dealing with the opioid crisis is completely different. Um, the training and knowledge that we have around mental health issues, um, helping people who have autism, helping people who have brain injuries, helping people who have a variety of different issues, being able to do that successfully and not, you know, arresting people who have mental health issues, being able to recognize that if you get called out to Main Street and someone's laying in front of a bus, um, yeah, okay, you know, can they be arrested? Yes. Should they be arrested? Well, what's going on with them? You know, are, mm -hmm. are, are they there because of why? Taking the time uh, to spend with that person and figure out what's going on and then making kind of an informed decision and that's not the way you know we did our best with what we knew but it, it was a while ago and and we've learned a lot you know we've learned a lot about ways to do our jobs better um, so that's that's a, a dramatic change and then I think in general just professionalizing policing you know really thinking about um, trying to have all the right policies and do you know evidence-based decisions and and using our personnel wisely and asking them to do just a, a wider and wider variety of tasks um, our officers do some really you know unique and and different things that a lot of people don't think about and the dart officers are <clears throat> one example of that but we have officers that you know they they are in the schools playing gaga ball with kids like i just learned what that is over the last summer that was yeah, well i'm i'm an old yeah, exactly. i don't know what it is i was a four square player when i was in elementary yeah. school but come on you know gaga ball is what? like the new thing what 
Yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, Stefan, do you know what Gaga Ball is? No. God, <laughs> the youngest so man in the world. <laughs> yes. How's it feel? Join uh, the club, kid. And creaky in them joints. Yeah. Yes. So what is Gaga Ball, please? Just well, curious. I believe you're, you're in a pit, and yep. there's a bunch of people in there. I don't even know if it's limited by number, but you kick the ball around, and it cannot touch you. And if it touches you, I don't know if you're out or you're Wait, in or whatever. how do you kick the ball around if it can't touch you? That's a good question. Maybe someone else throws the ball. I haven't played. All right? Okay. <laughs> I haven't played. Uh, but This doesn't involve Lady Gaga, right? <laughs> not, not to my knowledge. My okay. son played it at camp. He gave me an overview of it. I'm like, I saw the pit. It's a, it's a pit. It's good stuff. Okay. Anyway, we have it's an officer. It's a pit fight. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so we have an officer who goes to schools and plays Gaga ball with kids, you know, and yeah. we have a trading card program where we, you know, give out baseball cards basically to kids uh-huh. and they spend an hour, you know, each officer, just one hour uh, out of the year uh, to uh, in a week to yeah. meet with kids and be somewhere. We just had one of our mm. officers who owns a horse, actually, who was having kids ride her horse and get to meet her. Uh, we just had a fishing derby. Uh, we, we host a lot of trainings on different things. So those things are very different than policing was years ago. Our mm-hmm. community engagement, our, our expectations of being um, making good, informed decisions, very different than it was 20 years ago. Well, and particularly... Um, you're dealing with more distrust of the police as we well. I, I, the, part of the initiatives you're talking about, I remember there was pushback because there was resistance from people who I think mm-hmm. felt that there could be an intimidation factor, with, mm-hmm. especially with having school-aged children who might have families or might have experienced mm-hmm. maybe more negative experiences with police, either here or elsewhere mm-hmm. in the past, coming into interaction with police officers and, and how that would be handled. Mm-hmm. Um, did you get a sense of... Um, there being some resolution around that, or has, or had, do you feel that the results of this program have kind of borne out the wisdom of it? Which program? You mean yeah. after the High Five Friday program, and then where right. we are with like the trading cards and the elementary SRO? Is that, yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, <clears throat> I think we did a very good job listening to our. our concerns from our community members regarding the High Five Friday program. And actually, there were some really valid concerns, mostly about it just being not a really meaningful interaction. And, you know, the the program essentially was officers lining up at a school and high-fiving kids as they came in. But it was a really brief interaction. It was different officers each week. And, you know, we listened to that feedback saying, well, even though, yeah, it's happy, it's positive, is it really relationship building? You know, are, mm-hmm. they, are the kids really getting to know? And I, I hear that. So we responded and said, well, what do you think of this? And we have this elementary SRO, Doug Dobson, who's fantastic. And uh, he's in the schools now for each elementary school one hour a week. And he spends more consistent time, more direct time with kids, either reading or playing ball with them or whatever he's doing. Um, And that's I hope that it meets that youth engagement, which is what you, you referenced the 21st century policing uh, report before. It's directly out of there. It says you really need to engage with your youth now because if you engage with youth, then you have adults later in life that you've engaged with and that you have that built trust on. Hmm. <clears throat> so uh, that actually sort of reminds me, you mentioned earlier in our broadcast uh, about being an accredited police station or mm-hmm. uh, police department. Um, what does that mean? That's a great question. That means that we have a certification from an outside agency uh, who says that we have met particular standards met by that agency. So the Massachusetts Police Accreditation Commission, MPAC, it's a uh, kind of semi-private organization that does police department certifications. There's commissioners on that. Uh, They set these standards. And when I I say standards, I mean there's like 400 of them. I believe that there's about 280, roughly, ballpark-ish, that we have to meet. And then there's others that are optional, and you have to meet a percentage of those optional ones. Mm -hmm. Um, And so one 
one standard may be like you have to have a use of force policy that addresses I mean so many things there's so many but it could How do you be, deal with someone who might be mentally ill like what's your Right you know. right and then after a use of force incident occurs it has to have a use of force report it has to be reviewed mm-hmm. so every 3 and years And who is reviewing it And who's reviewing it right so every 3 years assessors come into our department for 3 days they sit down they pour through all of our policies to make sure we're we have them but then they say all right you have a standard that says that you have use of force reports for example that are reviewed by a supervisor show me one So then we go and we get them and we have to show them proof. So for every single standard, and there's a lot of standards um, that have substandards within them, we're handing them proofs for everything that we've done. We have to have a certain amount of training each year. Show us training. Show us that Mm -hmm. you've done the training. We have to have, you know, certain things in our cell block, certain safety measures. Show us this. Show us that. So it's a pretty extensive three-day assessment. Um, And then if you pass the assessment, you get accredited. So we were only the sixth agency in the whole state uh, to be accredited back in 2002. This is our 15th year uh, uh, being accredited. We're pretty proud of that. So um, aside from, you know, the pride in being recognized as 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 uh, proficient and and good at your jobs and and also the presumed satisfaction that comes of actually being better at at such an important job. um, Are there other like other like does the state like provide more funding or uh, are there other sort of advantages to the actual performance of the job to that i'm just asking because you know like like that doesn't have to be in order to make it worth doing and i'm <laughs> i i you should be justifiably proud of being accredited like <laughs> right, cuz right. like how many departments in the state are accredited just about 100 right okay yep. out, out of, of 351 i was going to say out of and they're mostly all out east <laughs> yeah Okay. It's hard if you're a smaller community. It's harder. You can absolutely do it, and there's many smaller communities that are accredited, but you're definitely working on your off hours if you're, you know, a part-time officer somewhere trying to get accredited. Oh, sure. Makes sense. uh, It would be challenging. Yeah. Yeah. I was just, but I was just wondering if, like, there were benefits. Benefits. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So I think it, it makes you, it makes your department more professional. Absolutely. I mean, there's no gaps in you know, any gaps in our policies and what we're supposed to do and the way that we treat people. So it, when you write a policy and people abide by that policy, it improves the quality of service that you provide because we have a policy that says we do something that's important and then we do have to do that and we do it. So everyone who receives our services gets a higher level of quality service. Um, and, and I mean, it also frequently comes up in interviews. When we're interviewing potential candidates, we say, why do you want to work for the Northampton Police Department? Heads up, if anyone's interviewing, that's one of the interview questions. Uh, Why do you want to work (laughs) for the Northampton Police Department? And many people say, I see that you're an accredited agency. I know what that means. It means that you've met these standards. It means that you're professional. It means you have a lot of things in the workplace that are really important to me. So we know that it helps with recruiting and retention as well. So... So uh, for the interview uh, answer, if someone mm-hmm. said, I like having a gun and driving fast, not not good. You can answer that. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not going to say that we haven't heard similar things. Uh, but you answer whatever you feel comfortable with. We will rate you. <laughs> so. I really like Miami Vice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What's your budget for like raw silk blazers? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we're going to wrap up this supplemental of uh, civil politics. Uh, thanks, Chief Casper, for staying uh, a little extra after school and uh, 
uh, helping us with our homework. Absolutely. My <laughs> pleasure. Thank you. So that's all for Civil Politics with the Supplemental. Uh, thanks for listening. And uh, uh, please do support our new Patreon, which uh, helps us uh, support the web hosting for uh, extras like this. So thanks for listening. Uh, and so long. This show is part of the Planetside Productions Network. For more information, episodes from our archives, and other projects, please visit www.planetside.pro. And thank you for listening.